You are listening to the Your Shining Self podcast for women who need messages of hope, love, and transformation. And now, your host, Tish. Today's guest on the Your Shining Self podcast is an author of several books, been a guest on a number of podcasts and webinars, and spoken in front of groups as large as 500 at national platforms, in addition to being a long-standing top-producing real estate agent. In October 2017, she launched 5-Minute Success, the podcast, with over 200 episodes and over 100,000 downloads. It has ranked number one most recommended on Overcast for Business category and is part of Turnkey Productions with more than 2 million downloads. I'm excited to bring you Karen Briscoe. Welcome, Karen. Thanks for having me, and I love the idea of, you know, the shining self and and so I'm thrilled to be here with your community. Well, thank you. So you guys, today I'm so excited. We are going to be talking about flipping time to love life. Now, when Karen introduced this topic to me, I had no clue what she was talking about. So I'm going to just step back for a minute. And Karen, will you um, introduce that idea and what that entails to my listeners, please? Yes, I'm thrilled that you asked that question. Uh, the idea of flipping time to love life came out of the opportunity for me to do a, a TED talk, an open mic talk. And so I was working with a, a coach and I was explaining about time because time is relative, right? It's it's a created thing. Um, in fact, as Lazu said 2,500 years ago, to say I don't have time is like saying I don't want to. What I found is that so many people are living a life of time poverty. <laughs> they say they don't have time. And it's not really time that is, because again, if it's a created thing, uh, it's not really time that they're struggling with. And it's not management because sometimes people say, oh, you need better time management skills or you need to do better work-life balance. And the whole idea of work-life balance, if you think about it, that sounds like kind of like a teeter-totter, right? So that means if work is up, then life is down. And if life is up, then work is down. And I was like, no, that's not really what I want in my life. And many people I feel think feel the same way. So I, I kind of stumbled upon the idea of if you may remember in your psychology days in school, Abraham Maslow, and he has this pyramid. And the idea is people's needs, their psychological needs, physiological needs, they, they work their way up the pyramid. And just to refresh a course, the base of the pyramid is a physiological need. So, you know, your, your physical needs. And that really became very obvious during COVID, the early days. If you'll remember, what was everybody seeking first was toilet paper, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, getting more basic human needs of toilet paper. <laughs> so then the next one up on the pyramid is the um, safety needs and security needs. And this too has really became very uh, evident during how important this is to people during this time of COVID and a pandemic, because people want, I mean, health is something that's so, you know, important to good life, right? And so the idea of being safe and secure, uh, sheltering at home, those kind of concepts came out of the pandemic, but it's really this basic human need that people have. Well, then you go up to more of the uh, relationship needs, esteem needs, 
And then you get to the top of the pyramid and that's self-actualization. Uh, some people like Gay Hendricks calls that your zone of genius. Some people call it flow. Um, uh, it's also known as following your bliss by Joseph Campbell, who's written a lot on that. But the whole idea is at the top of the pyramid is when you're living your best life, when you're living what you're designed or created to be. And I'm like, well, what, off, what would happen if you run out of time? And you don't get to the top of the pyramid because everything else happens first, right? Yeah. Or what if you, you know, reach the top of whatever your pyramid is? This is kind of what happened to me. I was achieving a high level of success and living a very good life. And I still feel like there was something more that I was called to contribute or create or just live a more full life. Uh, and so I was like, well, Let's just flip the whole pyramid upside down and start with self-actualization or meaningful work or what, you know, would be living your best life. And then what I found is, is when that happens, when people do that, when I do that, then everything else falls into place. Because if you think about it, if you're living the life you were designed to live, <laughs> the life you love, then you're going to be authentic and happier with yourself, right? First of all, you're yeah. also going to be in better relationships with other people. So esteem needs, relationship needs are going to be stronger. You're also going to uh, be feel self-secure self, uh, and safe within yourself because that is truly the ultimate security, right? Is when you feel good about your life and where you are. And then that leads to, you know, physical and uh needs it being met as well. So that's where the whole idea of flipping time and the, the what comes after that is to love the life you have as you create and co-create the life of your dreams. Many people look at it as an or, like I can love the life I have right now, but I won't be able to live the life of my dreams later because I won't be sacrificing enough or whatever. And then some people, you know, sacrifice now for living the life of their dreams later. I'm like, no, it's, it's a both and. You can love the life you have right now as you create and co-create the life of your dreams. Thank you for sharing all that. And I was jotting down so many notes as you were talking about all of that. And Karen, I loved what you said when um, so often people say, I don't have time. And oh my gosh, I'm embarrassed to admit how guilty of this I am and how many times those words have come out of my mouth, <laughs> but you said it's more of, you're actually saying, I don't want to, when you're saying I don't have time. And, you know, as I was thinking, as you were talking about that, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that is so true. Because every time I have ever said, I don't have time, it was never the fact that I didn't have the time. It boiled down to, I really did, didn't want to do it. <laughs> So, you know, moving forward now, I want to make myself be more aware of that. And if I start to say I don't have time, I want to remind myself, is it really a matter of not having time or is it just mm, something I don't want to do? Um, so I absolutely loved that. And then when you were talking about, you know, you felt like um, you were called to more that, you know, uh, to lead a more fulfilled life. And that just sparked something within me. And it just like gave me goosebumps because I remember for so long, mine had to do with my weight. I am a big girl. And I literally, for so many years, I, 
I say that I lived on the sidelines of my life. I literally watched life pass me by because I was embarrassed to put myself out there because of my weight. Um, in relationships that I had, you know, with men, it was, they tended to not always be great relationships because I didn't believe that I deserved, you know, better than the way that I was getting treated. But I always remember for all those years, there was just always something in my soul. Just, I just felt so drawn that there was so much more to life that I was destined for something bigger and better than, you know, the life that I was living. And um, long story short, back in all those years, I was also um, an active alcoholic. I've been sober. It'll be seven years in March. So um, just lots going on at that time. But once I finally started, and you called it self-actualization, you know, once I started realizing no, I don't have to be thin to do this or to have a great relationship or to put myself on video or back when we could go to in-person events. Um, no, I don't have to be thin to do all those things. Like that is when I started accepting myself as big as I am and all and loving myself, that's when I realized, holy crap, there is a whole world out there for me waiting for me to just take it by storm. So yeah, once you, you know, start realizing that it's now, it's not, you know, you have to do this to get that, or I don't remember exactly how you said it. It's not a and or situation. So I'm just, oh my gosh, I have so many thoughts running through my yes, head with everything yes. you have been saying. And, you know, when you were talking about, oftentimes I think we use it just as kind of a, a cop out, if you will. And when we say we don't have enough time. And I'm, I like what you said about just being more mindful of it, because if you're more, one thing I found was that I felt like it was being selfish if I was doing things for myself and it was really a lack of, of self-love and self-care. And what I found is, is that it's in most cases, it's actually better for other people in my life for me to care for myself. And rather than being selfish, it was actually better for them. And the reason is, is that when I'm living at my highest self, then I'm creating and contributing and loving and giving in ways that if I'm pulling myself back in some way, um, I'm living in a li life of lack rather in a life of abundance. And the people around me, I've discovered benefit from me living my best life because uh, in, in many different ways, it could be, you know, like a ripple effect. Like I, you know, like you throw a pebble into a pond and it ripples out into their lives. Or it could be sometimes it's bigger than that, right? It's like a, a rolling snowball. It just kind of builds on itself or it could be like dominoes like one thing could knock over and make other things better so that's one i hear when i hear your story i hear a little bit of what i i discovered and that is what i was thinking i was being um by being not being selfish or not taking time for myself or care for myself that i was actually being more giving which in, in truth it was really the other way around Oh my gosh. Yes. And I think back, you know, so many of um, years of my life, I spent being a people pleaser. So it was always about doing everything for everybody else because I had to be that people pleaser because I had to have everybody like me. And I was so empty on the inside when I 
lived my life like that because, you know, when you're doing that, well, I can't speak for other people, but when I was doing that, I wasn't living an authentic life. I was doing things that I didn't want to do. Um, absolutely not taking care of myself mentally, physically, spiritually, anything. And it always, I think of the saying, and I don't remember where I first heard this from, but um, you know, if your love tank is empty, you have nothing to give to others. And oh my gosh, that's so true. So I'm always curious where in life did we ever come to believe that taking care of ourselves and putting ourselves first was selfish? Well, I think that a lot of people, you know, are raised with the idea that, you know, we're supposed to do unto others, but they forget about the do unto yourself. And I think that there's, you know, in, if, just for example, when you're on an airplane, right, when they say put the oxygen mask on yourself first before putting on others, some people look at that as being like survival. And if you're on an airplane, <laughs> the oxygen go, pressure goes down, please put your oxygen mask on. But what I found is, is that it, to have a just total paradigm shift and not be in a lack, like there's not enough oxygen, but be in a state of abundance where there's a plenty of oxygen and that my putting my oxygen mask on actually, again, benefits the other people around me because I am then able in a way to serve them. And what I do has a, a greater opportunity to contribute um, instead of thinking that there's only so much you know, oxygen, and we're all going to like, have to hold on to our own. Um, so that it's just, I think it's just a way, sometimes it is, it's just language, right? It's just a way we start thinking about things. But that's where it all starts, right? It starts by what you think about. And then what you think about all day is what you become. Yes. Um, oh, my gosh, I could go down so many different directions with all of this. But let's rein it back into the whole, um, you know, flipping time to love life. How did, because you wrote a book called Flip Time, Love Life, The Heroine's Journey. How, how did that come about? So take me and my listeners back to, um, you know, just how that came about. Well, so uh, the idea of a heroine's journey, that is actually very um, basic to much mythology and a lot of the, the stories and movies and books and Joseph Campbell, like I mentioned before, has written a lot about the hero's journey. And I decided to write a heroine's journey, which is a female journey. And the idea of the heroine or the hero, they go out on calling, calls to adventure. I also include calls to contribution or calls to creativity or all kinds of callings. And the calling is, is circular. Um, you come back bearing gifts. So it's not like it's a one and done. <laughs> it's a, a continuous. Uh, and that's, to me, very beautiful because uh, it means I'm, I'm always having an opportunity to go out on another calling to adventure. Um, the most classic heroine's journey that your audience may be aware of is Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz. Now, Dorothy had both an internal and an external event. Uh, she was not happy in Kansas. That was her internal event. Um, but the external event was, right, there was a twister. And the twister picked her up and took her to Oz. And in Oz, uh, she discovered that she had made friends, right? Um, she made friends with the lion and the uh, scarecrow and the tin man. Uh, she had mentors. So she had Glinda the Good Witch. Um, but, and she had her friend, you know, Toto. And she also ran into challenges, right? Remember, like the first thing that happened is she landed on the Wicked Witch's 
um, house and killed. Um, and so then the Wicked Witch of the West and the winged monkeys and the soldiers and everything. So she was on this heroine's journey, okay? And that's really very um, often what our lives are, right? We either have an internal event, you know, we don't feel happy or we don't feel fulfilled or there's something just not right in our life or we have an external event like COVID or losing your job or uh, a divorce or a death or something that happens that then sends you out like a twister, right? Twist your life up inside down. So if you recall with Dorothy, she made it to Oz and she met uh, the wizard. But what she found was she had it inside her all along, right? And we all do. We all do. And that's what makes the heroine's journey so powerful and meaningful is we all have it within ourselves all along uh, to, to love the life you have as you create and co-create the life of your dreams. I love that. And just the, um, I was sitting here smiling, you know, when you were talking about, we all have it within ourselves. And again, just, you know, going back to, um, you know, the person I was, so it's only been like two years since I have fully embraced just, you know, living life, this amazing life. And I think back to, you know, all those years that I wasted sitting on the sidelines, not believing that, you know, I could do this or do that or blah, blah, blah. And when I, you know, started working on all the inner things that I had to work on into just like that moment that I realized, holy crap, I've always had this, you know, within me like that that's such, it was such an empowering moment for me. And I wish that I could just wave this magic wand, like for all the women out there and be like, here, you know, I'm, I'm giving you this, this magic because it's, it's within you. So if Karen, if we have somebody that's listening right now and they are experiencing, you know, what we both have mentioned that we just felt that there was more to life. We were called for more. What what would you say to them to help them start on the journey of, you know, flipping time to, you know, get to the point of loving life? Well, so this is uh, where the five minute success came in. It actually, the five minute success came first, but what I have found now that I've become kind of a time guru, <laughs> um, the five minute success idea came about that people said they didn't have enough time. And to kind of break down that limiting belief, I said, well, do you have five minutes a day? And everybody said they did, right? And so I was like, well, then just do something for five minutes a day. And that's really actually a law. It's called Parkinson's law. And the idea is by limiting and restricting time, uh, you're likely to become more efficient and effective. You're likely to do it. That's the most important thing. <laughs> so whatever it is that's stopping you, it's it's some sort of limiting belief or uh, some, something somebody's told you and you uh, you need to, this is an opportunity to reframe that. Um, but to start small and build up, that is a true uh, a principle of, of habit formation. And the idea is you want to get into the habit of doing these whatever it is, it's meaningful for you. I mean, some people it is uh, meditation, some people it's, you know, some form of exercise, some people it's reading, some people it's something artistic like music or, or you know, um, sculpture or, or paint night or, or making chunky blankets. I mean, whatever it is for you to just start small and build up. 
what I find happens for most people is they'll start to experience the benefits of it. And then you'll want to do more. But the important thing is to get started because that's what many people that holds them back is that they, they want to take off, you know, a big chunk, right? They want everything to change overnight. And then what often happens is that's the same thing that happens with New Year's resolutions and that type of thing. Uh, so that's why I recommend getting, getting, just get, start today. Just start today. That's excellent advice because it really, it sounds so simple when somebody says just get started, but it's so true. And I love that. I mean, when we think of time, who doesn't have five minutes a day? That's such a small amount of time and such a doable thing to think about. Like I think about, you know, exercising. Well, if I start only with five minutes, at least I'm starting. Yes. And the thing is, is that about the idea of time, and I know we talked a little bit about it in the beginning that about it being relative, but what I uh, want to share is, this concept of relativity that Einstein talked about. And he says that when you're doing something that you don't want to do, like, let's say, use some examples, like a boring, boring meeting <laughs> or traffic, <laughs> not that anybody has any traffic anymore, but we will have traffic again at some point. The time stands still, right? It's like, it, it just is laborious. But when you're doing something you love, time is going to fly by and you're going to start feeling like better because you're doing the things that are meaningful for you. And that is going to permeate throughout your relationships and your life. That's the whole idea of flipping it. So to put it first, because many people, women in particular, often they're the last, <laughs> their needs are met last, right? Their, their physiological, their psychological, their steam needs and their self-actualization needs are like put on hold, you know, and, and, what I want to encourage you to do is, is I think what you're going to find is if you just start today, the people around you are going to like start noticing a difference. They're going to like, let's just do more of that. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, Karen, we've used the word self-actualization quite a bit throughout the call. And I just realized if somebody is listening and they're not sure what that is, would you um, just you know, give a definition of what self-actualization is? Well, that was the term that Maslow used, Abraham Maslow used in this pyramid. Um, I've had heard other people call it self-love. Some people uh, call it a zone of genius. So like that's your, your calling. That is your uh, highest and best self. Uh, if you use the heroine's journey, the hero's journey, terminology he calls that following your bliss so bliss is what is your highest level of happiness or achievement or um what is is yours to do so the terminology is is very um seems very academic but the idea is just think about what is what is if if everything else just set it aside for right now all your obligations and all your commitments and and, and what would you do right now if you, there was limited, unlimited time and money, right? Then that is probably following your bliss. That is probably your, when you are in a state of being self-actualized. Self so the, um, just everybody I think knows it. It's just that we so often 
squelch it or bury it or push it aside or <laughs> give it, uh, say we're going to give it attention later at some other point um, in our life. And so just dig in deep and, and find out what that love, that passion is for you. Yeah, I love how you explain that. And one of the things I think of it too is I think of it as essence. If nothing, if money wasn't an issue, time wasn't an issue, um, and I'm just fully in my essence, like what just brings me alive. So essence is another term that I use for it. Yeah, that's that's brilliant. Thank you for sharing. I will remember that. <laughs> Going well, forward. I cannot take credit for that. That actually comes from my business coach, Kelly, um, but that's, you know, that's just one of the terms. And I loved it when she, you know, brought it up. And that's why I've always hung on to that. Um, Karen, this, we could talk, oh my gosh, for, for so long about all this, because it's such a deep topic. So if my listeners want to um, know more, I'm guessing that we're going to want to send them to your book, Flip Time, Love Life. Could you tell us where we could pick that up at? So the book, both in print and audible, is available on Amazon and audible. And if you want a lot of copies, reach out to me on the 5 Minute Success website. There is on the 5 Minute Success podcast, uh, once a month on the first Friday, I have what's called a Flip Time Love Life episode where I interview and have a conversation with people about their heroines and heroes journeys and how they have been able to you know, flip time to love life. So that is another, you know, resource and way you can uh, find out more about, and then about the, the idea, but also there's Facebook and Instagram for the five minute success and flip time. So uh, I would be delighted to have anybody uh, reach out to me if they, I also do coaching. And so if there's uh, any desire to, to coach on how to uh, bring this about in your life, you could go on the Five Minute Success website and there's a, a w- place where you can uh, contact me about that. Excellent. And I'll make sure that I have all of those links in the show notes for um, this episode. Karen, I have so enjoyed this conversation and so appreciate you taking the time to join me today. Um, is there anything, any last thoughts that you want to leave with our listeners today? I would love for the listeners to really embrace the fact that if I can do it, they can too. And to start today. I love it. Yep. I love the whole, if I can do it, so can you. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much, Karen. And of course, thank you listeners. If you'd like to get the show notes from today's episode, be sure to head on over to shiningself.com forward slash zero thirty two. That's a wrap for today's episode of the Your Shining Self podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a comment and share with others that need a message of hope, love and transformation.